Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by Human Synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Before we get going on today's show, I want to invite you to come along to our annual Culture and Leadership Conference. So it's happening this August in Melbourne uh, on the 29th, and then in Sydney on the 5th of September. We've also got a conference in New Zealand, so it's in Christchurch on the 9th of September, Auckland on the 10th, and Wellington on the 11th. Got tons of great speakers, and it would be awesome to have you come along. There'll be a link to both of those conferences in the notes of the show, so check it out. All right, with that said, let's get into today's show. I'm joined this week by Fiona Hogarth, one of our Melbourne consultants. Welcome to Culture Bites, Fiona. Great to be here, Dom. Lovely day here in Sydney. It is a lovely day. Deceptively cold, (laughs) but sunny. (laughs) That's right. Rarity in comparison to Melbourne. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's right. So I always love grabbing you guys when when you're up here visiting us. Jump into the studio for a Culture Bites episode. And I want to talk to you um, specifically about saying this week, because I know from your, from your experience and so on before joining Human Synergistics, you have a bit of experience doing culture change and so on in blue collar environments. So I'd love to grab you and ask you some questions around, you know, how do you go about doing that? Are you up for that? Yeah, sure. That's great. Yeah. It's uh, often a challenge because sometimes the blue collar people, they see the world through a different lens sometimes. Yeah. Okay. I'd love to get into that. So, you know, I guess people's initial reaction is like, it's, it's hard going, you know, you need a different approach. What's your take on it, Fiona? I think uh, for me, part of it's just about, there is a slightly different approach and it's a bit more just about acknowledging that they play a different role often. You know, blue collar mm. people are often the, the front line doing the hard task. And so they're not sitting behind a desk. They're mm. out, you know, sometimes in the street or, you know, working in the weather, putting up with the general public. And so yeah, pra- that will stress anyone out. <laughs> you know, so there's that real pragmatic, practical sort of stuff. You know, often yeah. the blue collar blokes are the ones, and women for that matter. Uh, just get on, do the job. So, you know, all the bright, shiny stuff that, you know, culture, what's all that sort of stuff about, you know, is doesn't ring true for them. It's a bit about, well, how does that impact me and my job? So putting that lens of, yeah, okay, they're just, you know, here to do a, a gig and mm. how do they do it the best they can? Mm. And I guess people's, you know, th- this question comes to us because I think people have an expectation that then that blue their blue-collar workforce aren't going to buy into mm. it. Essentially, mm. they're not going to buy into it. They don't care or they don't, mm. they're not interested in it. They think it's maybe a bit of airy-fairy BS kind of mm. stuff. So how do you go about, is that true, I guess, stars and, and what do you do? Yeah, there is an element of that. You know, it's just here's, here's another corporate, you know, because they can often be a bit cynical. So here's another corporate thing that they're just rolling out. I've seen this before because uh-huh. often your blue-collar employees have been around a long time. You know, oh, we, we did this ages ago and right. they're just we're badging the, it. We've seen the cycles. We've yeah. seen this before. Yeah. yeah. So they get a, a level of cynicism. So my bit is there's an element of, you know, tell it how it is in their language. So it's a bit about being able to break it down into – Okay, you know, what's culture for you? It's about, oh, the way I do my job. Yeah, yeah, pretty much is. But it's also about just being pragmatic and really building a relationship with those individuals as well, which mm. sometimes I think, you know, sometimes managers or leaders dismiss the blue-collar people and the yeah. value that they add and they don't spend, if we look from a circumplex perspective, enough time on the affiliative or the 
humanist encouraging. It's just about get the task done. Mm. And, you know, my experience has been that if you actually sit down and chew the fat with the guys and actually ask them about what they do, oh, how does this work or how does that work, they'll happily tell you and then it gives you the – because you can then speak their language. And I think, Uh you know, if I reflect, I go, well, that's actually where you get the biggest bang for the buck because you can talk to them and go, okay, so when you're – you know, when you're fixing, just for example, you know, you're fixing the pothole in the roll, well, how do you get your bitumen mix right, your hot mix right and all those sorts of things? And then yeah. they go, oh, she actually does get what right. we're talking about. So there is a bit about just spending the time and understanding it from their context, which is no different what you do for white collar. But when you're leading culture, you're sitting in HR. So your experience, my experience was all in HR. It wasn't about fixing potholes uh-huh. or doing landscaping. Uh-huh. So you've got to learn their job or the language of their job. Right. So it may be that the people doing the culture change and so on are more familiar with a yeah, with yeah. head office setting or whatever. Correct. Yeah. But at the end of the day, and, and what I heard in there is making it practical, right? Mm. So what does it actually mean day to day in your job, you know, when you're doing whatever it is? Yeah. How does it impact that stuff? So so it's making it real. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, I was doing some work with an organization recently and then had some changes in their results and so, well, what's happened? I go, oh, we got really busy. And I go, okay, what does that mean? He goes, well, I just tell them what to do rather than actually asking them how mm. they are in the morning, checking mm-hmm. in with stuff, you know, so the niceties have disappeared. Mm. And, you know, con- some of their constructive styles have gone backwards. And I'm like, well, that's why, because they're not feeling the love the same way, but they were just focusing on that tasky bit. So, uh, you know, so yes, there is the pragmatic understanding the rules, but you've still got to spend time with them as the people because, you know, they're people. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I always say that, like, people ask, um, you know, is it different across countries, mm. is it different across industries, is it different across blue-collar, white-collar, all, the, all these mm. kind of questions. And my personal belief is fundamentally people are people, and we all actually want the same stuff, right? Yep. Everyone wants their effort to make a difference. Everyone wants to be listened to, mm. you know, and, and have, um, you know, be heard that their opinion counts and yep. stuff like that. And so it's no different, really, between... All the fundamentally, it's all the same between white collar, blue collar, this country, that yeah. country, all that stuff. Just maybe some of the ways you go about doing that are slightly different. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you find worked well? You, you talked about, you know, actually learning what they do. Yeah. So being able to relate it to their yeah. regular job. What else would you do? So, yeah, so it's also, you know, if you've got your results, it's just about exploring, okay, what frustrates you? And, you know, and often mm. what the frustrations will show up in, in the culture. And you go, okay, so, you know, my boss takes forever to do stuff or I don't uh-huh. get to choose how I do my work. I just get given a list in the morning. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, you know, and then if you look at the results and you get, you know, if they've got a high dependence, well, if I'm being told what to do, I'm not going to ask uh-huh. a question. So... It is, you know, so you know, what's the pain point for you? What frustrates you? What do you like? Oh, I like doing this. Okay, so how does, you know, so it's about chatting with them about sort of stuff to give them the context in which then the circumflex styles fit when we're looking from a culture perspective. Because oh. when you just talk achievement and they go, you know, sets goals and stuff, you're like, what's that like? And you go, well, okay, for achievement, what does that look like in your role? It means a meeting starts on time. Uh-huh. Or uh, that you get your paperwork done on time. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, humanistic encouraging, oh, that's that warm, fuzzy stuff. That's just being nice. No, actually, that's about telling your mate that actually, mate, you're stuffed up on that job and maybe you could do it this way or way. what do you think you could do differently uh, yeah, next yeah. time? Yeah, yeah. So it's just, you know, it's that putting it in their language rather than because sometimes people, you know, in those environments go, oh, you know, it's all that airy, fairy sort of stuff, but it's just about making it real, you know, so... 
and some of the oppositional stuff is that, you know, the healthy dig, you know, the joking dig mm. that you have is actually, you know. There's a barb on it. There's a barb, yeah. Uh-huh. And that's some of that oppositional stuff that, and then you go, oh, yeah. So it's really about sort of being observant of what shows up in their conversations and their behaviours and then going, hey, when you have a dig, you know, so if I have a dig at you and go, oh, Dom, you know, did a really good job, oh, but you could have done that, you silly goose, you know, it's because you're a Kiwi or whatever. (laughs) The having the Kiwi is the dig. Yeah. That, you know, is that slight put down that people go, oh, yeah, Yeah. it's not so friendly. Yeah. Yeah, and so what's the message that people... Mm. That the other person just heard when you took the dick was, you know, yeah. keep keep in line or something. Or absolutely, put your head in, yeah. absolutely, and it's so. And often it's the subtleties of those sorts of things that you know, because often the blue collar workers, then you know, they're not necessarily the most educated or the smartest or the brightest. You know, they just do their jobs and they're yeah, very good. Hardworking, yeah. And, and so they don't get the intricacies of some of the language that we put around circumplex. So, you know, they, they just you know they're not big words people. But if you can have a go at it in their language, which is why you need to spend time with them. Yeah. Then So would you do that like because, you know, there can't be a lot of information to take in with yeah. the with the circumplexes, twelve styles mm. and you know, words like affiliative and and, you know, not common usage words, right? Yeah. So what do you do with that? Do you take a different approach? Well, so I'd still use, you know, that, so this is affiliative. So, you know, what is affiliative like? You know, where do you, if it's about relationships and working together, then where do you do that? Oh, well, you know, we often do that at the pub or whatever. Okay, well, where do you do it in the workplace? You know, so it's a bit about mm. friendly. So do you say hello and goodbye, you know, in the morning? What are some of the base? So really bringing it down to some of the basic behavioural sort of stuff yeah, that yeah. shows up. You know, what's oppositional about? Well, it's being critical. Or, you know, having it dig or saying no. and yeah, so finding it's, every reason it won't work. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Which is pretty, I think everyone can relate to yeah. <laughs> some of those descriptions, right? Yeah. in any job you've ever been in. We always know that one person who's oppositional. Um, who'll but they don't. But they don't see it. They just go, "Oh, he's just a whinger." Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. You know, oh, he's the problem child. Well, why is he a problem? Oh, because he disagrees with everything. Okay. Well, that's actually mm. what oppositional is about. So when you start, you know, probing a couple of questions and those sorts of things, you can get a sense of their language and then draw the lines for them about what it looks like. You know, and competitive is oh, well, those people always get the money and we don't. Mm. You know, so so what I'm really hearing is it's making it relevant to their world, which again is the same for anyone. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> it's the same for anyone. But maybe so. What I'm actually picking up is it's more to do actually with the facilitator or the delivery person may not be as familiar with their world, and that therein lies the problem. Yeah, rather than uh, the other way around. Yeah, so it's really about understanding their context, you know, mm. and and when everyone wants to. You know, and often for these people, they've been in their roles for a long time, so they're experts in their field. Uh, and because they are, you know, sort of blue-collar experts, you know, if you're the expert carpenter, you're just a carpenter. But if you're the expert IT person, well, you're the, you know, bright, shiny IT person guru. Yeah. So we don't necessarily – I think sometimes in organisations we undervalue right. the skill sets that those pe- and the knowledge that those people have. And if you think also the bit that, you know, often they've been around for 10, 20 years yeah. and they've got – history like no tomorrow. Do you think that's also, because, you know, people talk about, you know, sometimes blue-collar workforces can be a bit more cynical about this stuff. And part of me wonders if there's perhaps some fair reasons for that too. It's not just (laughs) because they're blue-collar. It's because maybe they've been there and they've seen this fad come and that fad come and we're all going to do, you know, whatever HR fads. But then we haven't followed through. We haven't stuck to anything, right? 
Mm. And and if you know, we did a an episode a little while ago called Change Fatigue is Bullshit, which was about it's not about the change, it's about how we're doing it. Mm. And so if we're making changes and we're involving people and we're getting stuff done, people are happy to do it. If we're doing it badly, that's when it's fatiguing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Same thing with culture work, right? If if we ask for your opinion in a culture survey and then nothing happens, mm. well, guess what? Next mm. time I'm going to be like, well, what was the point of that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> or I don't hear what I said, you know, I don't get the results. Isn't that, but that cynicism can happen in white-collar workforces as oh, well. 100%. Absolutely. You know, you get anyone that's been around long enough and they've seen it come and they've seen it go and here we go, another one. Here's it, you know, we'll just wheel yeah. out another bright, shiny manager. And as you said, it's often, it's because we never finish it or we don't acknowledge what mm. the completion or mm. or admit that, oh. It didn't work. It didn't maybe. work. Yeah. You know, oh, we spent all that money, it didn't work or, you know, so there is it's some of that. It's real, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. So with with that, what other tips would you have for someone who's got a, you know, if, if a listener's in a, uh, you know, a company that has a big, blue-collar workforce, what's the best way to en- engage them, get them going around yeah. culture? So part of it is just, you know, spending time with them, as I said. If you also have, often the blue-collar workforce has got high level of union involvement, mm-hmm. so you can't not engage with the delegates yeah, yeah. or yep. the reps or those sorts of things because those people hold a lot of sway mm-hmm. um, and often, you know, People will hide, and sometimes they might hide behind the delegate. You know, the union says, so therefore I won't. Uh-huh. So, but my tip would be in those unionised environments is chatting with the delegates and, you know, and, and really helping them understand why it's important and those sorts of things and what their concerns are. And yeah. then it is about spending time with the guys on the ground or the women on the ground and going, okay, well, you know, what is it? What is it that, you know, when you see, when we talk about culture and we say we're going to do this survey, what is it about? Oh, well, you never do anything, you know, uh-huh. so you actually listen and pay attention to that. So, uh-huh. and don't disregard it, you know, uh-huh. in terms of when you get the results is about making sure that you actually are back out chatting to the people and doing stuff. And sometimes, you know, for when we go to do culture surveys and they go, well, our guys don't have, you know, don't have access to computers. Okay. So, Get them all in a room, talk them through the process, sit there. If you've got any questions, as you know, fill in the survey by so hand if need be. Yeah. yeah, we can, we do, can do it. We can do it by iPad or whatever it absolutely. is. Absolutely, absolutely. And make them feel comfortable with it, you know. And mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it really is about helping them understand why you're doing it, what the purpose is, mm. you know, what the difference is that you want to make by focusing on culture. Because often they're just, you know, they're so far removed from the powers that be. They don't see the, you know, the CEO or the leader that often. Mm-hmm. And so they're just, you know. Maybe that speaks to the culture too. Well, it does <laughs> yeah, quite often. But, <laughs> you know, but in some of those big organisations, they're, yeah, you know. they're just, just not practical. It's not yeah. practical. So yeah. so the, their association with, oh, well, culture. But if you bring it to the micro, their level and you go, okay, well, what frustrates you and your, your work team? Oh, well, my boss doesn't do this or we don't get a choice around that. And you can, and that's where it can make a difference. Is you know, really, is making it local and making it real for them in the environment, and then drawing the lines to the bigger picture in terms mm. of you know, oh well, I'd love to get this. Well, the company's not making the money because we've got this issue or that issue, mm. and so being able to pull it together. Mm. Well, not not everyone's going to get it. You know, don't expect to everyone to, you know, oh, I've spent time with them. Let's all, you know, happily sing Kumbaya together. Because sure. you know? right. they can often be a tough gig. So you've really got to work at it. Do you think as well, so, you know, I what I heard in that was, you know, get them together, explain the why. Yeah. Which, again, 
everyone should be getting that why, yep. whatever position they're in, mm. make it real for them. And then, you know, so, and then if they don't have access to computers and stuff like that, which can be an issue, yep. you could do it on paper. We've also got packs of tablets yep. that they can do it on and stuff yep. like that. So I don't know how many there are, 10, 12, yep. whatever, 20. To get them in batches maybe. Yep. And to get people involved, which already is sending a message about actually we we really want to hear from you and get you involved yeah. in this, right? Which is um, important on its own. And then there was kind of closing the loop with them, right? Mm. So if you're going to ask for input, you've got to go back with the results and, and what's yeah. going to happen with yeah. it. Yeah. And, you know, and sometimes that can be, well, we told you so. And you go, yeah, exactly. Well, we asked <laughs> yeah. you and you did tell us <laughs> and it validates what you did. So now what do you want to do about that? And that can often be where it becomes tricky is that, you know, which is probably a conversation for another day is about, well, how do you get them to engage in the change and, you know, how do you make it better for them or different or how do they make it better or different from themselves? Yeah, well, I mean, touch on it lightly because I think it is important and it's one of the things that we often stress is culture can't just be the remit of HR. Mm. It can't, if it only lives within HR and everyone's looking at HR or or whoever, that they're going to do everything, Mm. it's not going to work. And so I wonder if one of the ways making it practical, there's certain things at an organizational level, HR or the executive mm. or whoever has to do, right? Because mm. they're, you know, stuff across yep. the whole business. But I wonder if there's a part of it putting the onus back on the people. So say it's job design and stuff. Yep. Well, how can you craft your job differently? Yep. What decisions can you make, you know, around here? What yeah. are you doing? Yeah, absolutely. It, you, know? you know, and often in, in some of those environments, you know, they turn up in the morning, they get their briefing and they get the sheet of the run sheet for the day that says you've got these five jobs to do. Mm. So off everyone merrily trots and does their five jobs. But mm. could there be some conversation around choose the order in which you do them or at the beginning of the week, this is all the stuff we've got to do in the week. How do you guys want to organise it? Yeah. You know, How can we do it better, smarter, yeah, whatever? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I mean, you know, depending on the nature of the work, you know, this can often be permutations around traffic control and other factors that you've got to put from a planning perspective, but it still gives the onus to the people because they're doing the job and there's not, you know, and often you go, well, I have to go from this side of town to that side. It just seems stupid. Why not just Mm. work in a logical way? So Mm. there could be a bit, and that would then you reduce some of the dependent stuff because often what can happen is, you know, some of the stuff that I used to hear from coordinators is I'd ask the guys for ideas and they just wouldn't give me anything because... I just wouldn't give me anything. Well, I'll go, well, do you tell them what to do all the time? Yep. I go, yep. <laughs> yep. Well, yeah, you keep telling me what to do. I'm just going to nod my head. Yeah. And and often, actually, they've got tons of ideas that they're just sitting on because yeah. they're like, wow, you know, what's the point? Absolutely. And because I remember working with some organizations which had a, you know, blue collar workforce and they'd have to go over for like chicken meetings on one side of town, yeah. even though like they were working all over the city or whatever. It didn't make sense. It was such a time yeah. killer for the business, yeah. let alone it was just a pain in their butt as yeah. well. And so, okay, well, how can we maybe do a phone-in or do some other yeah. way? Really simple, but actually it made a big difference because yeah. it was like, it was a bugbear of theirs mm. for ages. Mm. And it was just kind of a, well, you have to do it, that's why, yeah. kind of response, which didn't make sense. You yeah. Know? Or, you know, did some work with an organization doing day in the life of stuff. So I Mm. went around in a truck with the supervisors all day, you know, for mm. a couple of weeks. And that similar sort of thing. They had this regular meeting. Well, they'd spend half the morning of the meeting doing the paperwork for the meeting and they're not savvy paperwork people and they'd have to fill in reports. No one, no one enjoys paperwork. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. but they spend all this time work putting stuff into a system that they didn't understand and didn't know how to use mm. just to go to a meeting 
a bit across town, which was mm. in some ways, yes, it was a reporting, but it was particularly ineffective. And these guys are just going, it's a waste of time. I'd rather be spending time chatting with my blokes in the field. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so sometimes we create systems and processes that actually don't help. Don't add value. And don't yeah. add value. And But by having the simple conversation and going, okay, can we get the admin people to help you do that, to free you up so that you can spend the meaningful time having the conversation. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it made a huge difference. Yeah. And is it a, it's, it's a bit of a momentum game as well. I feel like if, if they get some wins on the board mm. like that and they're like, oh, thank goodness, we yeah. don't have to do that anymore. Well, suddenly, oh, I'm a bit more interested in what's going on with this culture stuff. You absolutely. Know? Absolutely. And, you know, and sometimes it's a bit of that lag time, you know, and if you go, well, remember, you know, we can all remember the supervisor that was great. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the supervisor that was great in blue collar environments wasn't actually leading from the most constructive place, but they gave people freedom. They gave people opportunity, uh-huh. you know, it might have been. So if you ask them, well, what was that really? Okay, well, what can you, you know, get them to think about what was great. So they're like, oh, yeah, I really enjoyed it when I got this. Well, uh-huh. that's that. So you can leverage. So another way of making it practical. Yeah, making so it real. and go, What have you seen work in the past? Correct. Yeah. You guys have been around for a long time. Oh, well, you know, back in the day, we didn't have to wear all that safety gear. Well, unfortunately, we can't do anything about that. However, what is it about the safety gear that frustrates why it, you? Or yeah. why is it important? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. because, and- which is moving from the mindset of compliance, yeah. right? We have to wear safety gear because we're told we have to do it. Yeah. To why is it actually important, which is more achievement, right? Absolutely. But why? Yeah. Well, or affiliative or something because you want your mate to go home at the end of the day yeah. <laughs> safe, yeah. you know? Yeah. We're here for, to watch out for each other, yeah. keep each other safe. And that's, I think, often a good way into a blue-collar environment mm. is issues like safety because I think everyone actually – including the union, Absolutely. head office, customers, everyone actually values safety, yeah. right? No one wants people getting injured or killed or yeah. or anything. So that's a good common cause. Absolutely, and it everyone. impacts their productivity, you know, in some workplaces. You know, if you've got a person down in your team because they're off sick or, you know, yeah. they're off yeah. injured, yeah. then it impacts their numbers. And it is it is a nice piece. So why do we do it? What's the impact? You know, how does it benefit us? Is a great way to look at it. Yeah. And the other thing I picked up when you were saying before – which you did was the dialogue, the day in the Ooh. life of, which could be, you know, talking about learning what people do and being able to, you know, step into their world and make it practical. Yeah. What a great way to do it, ride along or, mm. or you know, whatever it is, shadow someone. And so you, yeah. you, you're right in there and you, you understand what's going on. Absolutely. And often, you know, with the blue collar, it's quite often the supervisors or the team leaders because they're copying it at both ends. So they get the, yeah, you know, the, the, they the, get the flat the from the guys and then, you know, and they really want to do great work and they want to build their teams and then they get caught in this, well, I've got to fill in this and go to that meeting and do that when actually I just want to support the guys on the, on the road mm. and make sure that everything's happening mm. and can sometimes get distracted. So that's another good place when you look at, your, you know, it's not just the guys and it's the team leaders because they're often the meat in the sandwich and they're also – you know, as we often, you know, plenty of evidence to suggest to guys that, you know, they were great tradesmen, so I will make you the leader so uh-huh. they don't necessarily have the skills. So making right. sure that you're giving those leaders the skills to be able to have some of those challenging conversations or to be able to call the line or know, you know, what are the boundaries for them? Because if I used to work beside you, Dom, and we were great mates and now... You're the boss. You're the boss. I'm the boss. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) Well, I don't like you as much anymore because you tell me what to do. So, 
you know, equipping people with some skills around that is also really important. Just from, you know, some people innately have it. Sometimes people struggle because it's not what they've learned. And then you put in a bit and you go, you know, often tradies left school when they were 15, well, back in my day, you know, left school early. So they didn't get the benefit of that and school wasn't a fun place. So you go, well, off you go to a training course and they hate sitting in a classroom. Mm. So you just can perpetuate some of the challenges that they have. So, so would you, like saying like that then, would you take a different approach to that? Well, there's an element of you just got to design it knowing that they're not going to necessarily, you know, sometimes depending on where you are, when I used to, you know, live in Darwin, sitting in an air-conditioned training room in October for a day was absolute heaven <laughs> uh, in comparison to, you know, 90-degree humid, 90% humidity and 32 degrees. So, you know, they were quite happy to come. However, you know, they need the... They need the engagement and they need, you know, so it just comes to workshop design to make sure they've got lots of activity and also that it's relevant and that you don't put them in there for three days necessarily. You've got to break it up a bit and give them the, you know, okay, I've learnt this. How do I practically apply it? Yeah. And but you know what? The, the thing I keep hearing and coming back to is it's not any different, no. <laughs> actually, right? Everyone, I mean, you're talking about you're great at your jobs, mm. so you get promoted to leader. That happens all the time in yeah. white collar work too, right? Yeah. You're the best programmer, yeah. you're the best, you know, salesperson or whatever. Now you're the sales manager. Yeah. But they don't necessarily have the skills or experience to, to yeah. be a leader, which is a different role. And then making it practical and stuff. Right. I think that applies to, to every role, right? Mm. And so it's really no different per se. It's just fine. It's just putting it more into their context. Correct. And yeah. we're less familiar. Absolutely. With yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's definitely the context, you know, and taking the time, it's like any job, you know, if you take the time to listen and understand what people do, then yeah. they'll come along and they'll come along for the ride. But yeah. if you just treat them as if, oh, well, you're just a number or I'm not actually that interested, then yeah. how do you expect them to buy in? So, yeah, yeah. and, uh, you know, and I, I do think to a certain extent there is, you've just got to spend a bit more time with them. Well, you know, I certainly did because it's about understanding it. And it's not, you know, in some of the businesses that I worked in, the jobs that these guys did, I had absolutely no idea. Yeah. So, and you know, they just spoke a completely different language. Yeah. And I'm sure I spoke a different language to them as well. Yeah. You know, you start talking about, you know, affiliative or organizational development sort of stuff and they're like. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's she raving on about? So, you, you know, so that whole relation, you know, as you said, no different to anything else, but it is a bit about, you know, and getting out. And if it is, you know, the dialo stuff and going out with them in the truck mm. for half a day or something, you know. Because. They're probably used to a lot of the communications one way yeah, and it's from head office to out mm. and often people aren't listening back the other way. So it's probably yeah. quite novel if someone comes for a ride along and is genuinely interested. Yeah. yeah. I love it, Fiona. So if we kind of summarize it, what are the one, two, three things that people should really keep in mind? So I think the A is put it in, you know, spend some time with them, mm. understand their context mm. and you know, it's not waffle. Then you know those guys are direct, so you've got to yep. be pretty direct yep. back. You know, a lot of them are to the heart of the matter. Absolutely. You know, they're you know, it's going to sound terrible, but they, you know, they're they're beers and pies, and you know, pretty straightforward, straight shooting sort of people often in the main. And you've just got to meet them at their level, like you do yep. with most people. It's really about you know, okay, yep. yeah, what's going on in your world? Yeah, and holding your own judgments around all of them as well. Yeah. Love it. All right. Well, thanks for those tips, Fiona. It was uh, great to have you in the studio for this episode. And uh, we'll have to have you back on uh, more in the future. Lovely. Thanks, Tom. Nice to be here. Thanks for listening to this episode of Culture Bites. If you enjoy the show, remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, 
Leave us a review. It helps other people to find the show. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au. We'd love to answer it. This podcast is copyrighted by Human Synergistics Australia. All rights reserved. To learn more about what we do, visit human-synergistics.com.au. Thank you.